Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 177. Hmm. That guy looks like Tyler Penberthy. That guy looks like Carlos Jimenez. We're going to find out. The episode starts right now. It's good, boys. Hey, how's it? Nice. I'm going to get you some volume, Carlos. All right, guys. You have asked, you have asked, and asked, you shall receive. Because for me, I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. That man is Tyler Penberthy. That man is Carlos Jimenez. I come in first. And if you want to tie with me, you got to do it Carlito's way. What's up, boys? How's it going? He's like, happening? he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, that that uh, scene yeah. was way better than I thought it would be. <laughs> so, <laughs> better so, live, that's for sure. <laughs> so, guys, we got um, Huntington Beach coming up, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. You actually played a, a Norseka today, which um, we don't really have. We <laughs> guys, we ain't got to talk about that if we don't want to. That's just one of them things. As players, you have selective amnesia. Yeah, that's it. So, so, Norseka happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's. It's part of the learning process, right? Like, we, uh, our goal was, at the start of the season, was to play two international events. The Norseka would have been an international event, but... It's Canada, right? This one right. this one was Canada? It was... Uh, Trinidad. Trinidad oh. and Tobago. This uh, one was Trinidad? Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, guys. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Pigeon, it would have been Pigeon Point, yep. and then, uh, supposedly, there was also another event, but... It's it, there's two yeah. TBD events. Yeah. One is actually TBD and the other yeah, one's well, actually canceled. canceled. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's really it's most likely it's probably only going to be for one event. Yeah. What the, ab- what about the one from last week? The one from last week it would be for the Norsega Championships. That so was a big okay. deal. that was a bit uh, there. That's that why was, everybody was there. That's why everyone that was, was crazy. There. Yeah. And Norsegas are weird because it's so random on who wins and loses. Like today. <laughs> I'm gonna just say it like this. What's his name? Um, who's Corey's partner again? What's Logan Weber. Logan Weber. That dude did not look happy. That dude kicked. I know his foot's gonna hurt him because he kicked a water bottle and a chair at the same time. Uh, and and I don't think his foot between that three way um uh, wrestling match. Yes. I, I don't think his foot won that one. I think yeah. he's gonna be feeling it. But the way he left, I'm like, that's not how winners leave. I'm like, okay. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or he's a sore winner. <laughs> right? <laughs> I fucking love Corey. I fucking love Evan Corey. In fact, I'm out. I don't want to play no more. Yeah, that's how, that's how winners leave, right? <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a frustrating game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really tough. You've seen the success that mm-hmm. they've had all last year and during COVID, right? Evan and Logan. They yes. had so much magic. And yeah. uh, it's just the ebbs and flows of volleyball, man. Sometimes you're winning big and sometimes you're losing big. It's like you're at the casino. Dude, yeah. this is the same team that beat um, Theo and Trevor to mm-hmm. make it to the um, final, right? Yeah. Yep. And they go anyway, right? Because they lost. I think they lost to Bud and um, Bud and Miles. But I think I think the, take I think the top two go. Yeah. 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 So from Norsega yeah, champs. Yeah, you better make that trip. That's yeah. the trip you got. That's the trip you're gonna make. Mm-hmm. The whole so. Norsega scene is is new for us. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. too much about the details and, and who's and what's and you know that's a Cali thing. We're East Coast guys. Yeah. So we kind of stay in our lane and then uh, we jumped out here. It worked out timing wise to jump yeah. out here for Huntington Beach, mm-hmm. take a chance and see what we can do. And today didn't go our way and we got. 
uh, more competition left this week. You have to appreciate how um, liberating that is, though. Right. Um, when I moved out here, I came here with 19 years coaching experience. You know, mm. I'm a former player. I played, you know, set for two teams. I won nationals, blah, blah, blah. Played overseas, got the resume. Right. Um, and people not knowing you kind of makes you a little bit defensive. Like, F you, I did this, I did that, right? And you get caught up in that validation game. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, speaking for myself, you become what you despise. You're right? That's like, yeah, I'm, I'm oh my God, I'm, I'm that guy mm -hmm. that felt like I got I to gotta sell myself all the time. Socks, you know? And the year in, I, I wanted to go back home. I was like, you know, and I said it the Brooklyn way. I told my wife, I'm like, you want to kill me? Take me back to Brooklyn and kill me. <laughs> All right? Don't let me die. Right? Put me under the barrels. I don't put two in my head. Let me die like a man. Don't Jimmy let me, Yeah, don't let me die in the sand like a fucking snake. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but, so I guess uh, I took a long time to say that, but what I'm alluding to, was there um, less pressure because of that? Was there a, a more liberating feeling? Even coming out to Huntington, you know, just, just, let, just let you... Let your nuts hang. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. That was our feeling last year too. Like mm. the entire last season, I mean, nobody really had heard of us. Uh, really low expectations. We were playing with house money the whole season. Had some good success, and we've tried to keep that attitude. I think again this year too, right? So, um, luckily they used uh, AVP points for the seating for this mm. event. So we were seated where we didn't have to play an entry level game. And, uh, you know, we played a good team against Bill and Hagen, and, and they played yeah. well and whooped on us pretty good with a, a ball that we don't really get to use all that often. It's pretty elusive to find one of those uh, it's FFVB balloon, balls. Yeah. I don't know if they got those, like, stored away in the vault or what, tell what you the what, FFVB is doing, I'll be but. selling my old ones, man. I have 12, one, 12 of the, mm -hmm. um, the ones before that, the mm -hmm. previous ones. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same whatever the same yeah. this and that but i'm like sir so you're gonna make a new ball that has a little bit of red now now i look like the guy who's got like the old balls you know mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm waiting like, for the avp to come out with a new ball oh, too right I'm, like I you will. know it's coming the optics i'm done i'm done buying That's if they, the if they do time. it again they got to do it once every five years at yeah. least fivb how long has it been before that right it's yeah. been a minute mm -hmm. well you think about it, we were just talking about um pickleball or even yeah. like frisbee golf right so you're able to sell pickleball paddles the actual pickleballs themselves the nets all this merch that you can sell, what can you sell in beach volleyball? You can sell a Parkinson net, you can sell a Wilson ball, and yep. sunglasses that aren't but, even sponsored by the AVP, right? But aren't they getting their pound of flesh from that ball, though, as far as price? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the most expensive ball in any sport. Think about it. Yeah. NFL, Wilson, you get a good mm -hmm. Wilson football, mm -hmm. 69 bucks, right? Sure. Um, Golf balls are pretty expensive. We'll say that. But golf awesome. is an expensive sport too, right? It is. Golf, a lot of golf money. is not. Well, fun. everybody That's asks why is why sport. is there no money in beach volleyball? Well, you can't sell shit, right? Right. You're selling entertainment, so you need quality entertainment to be able to bring some revenue in, right? Well, golf is really more about rich people watching themselves play. So they're like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> to hell with cable TV. This is yeah, gonna be yeah. on free TV, dude." You got <laughs> back then. You had you all you needed mm -hmm. was an antenna, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Well, Fun fact, I actually skipped the PGA Championships this week in this Rochester, New York at Oak Hill um, oh, to be out here, you know, for, wow. for a chance with my guy. So, mm. um, nice. yeah. But did you golf, ever sell that ticket, by the way? I did. I oh, lost yes. a, I lost 66% oh. of the money on that ticket. Because oh Tiger's not playing, so nobody cares about the PGA Championships at Oak Hill anymore, which is a beautiful course, by the way. So, Rochester, New York. So you're from Buffalo, right, originally? Yeah, born and raised, yeah. Bear with me on this one, because I go. I usually go 
if anywhere near that area, it's probably like Lake George, Saratoga, this and that. Um, I was coaching at Baruch College with the Stack family. So you visit Duville, you know, Medallia, mm-hmm. yep. um, SUNY Buffalo, this and that. Yep. Um, Nazareth, right? Yeah, yep. They were a really good team back then. Mm-hmm. What's the most fun month? to be out there for me august like weather wise um i I, I guess i'll lead the dance yeah august because it was lake george it was the first weekend of august or second weekend of august um you know you go to the racetracks after that you just have a good time so give me is is like would you say august wise or just in general um let's talk about a mixture of both the floor is yours my man yeah the the beach volleyball scene in upstate new york is uh smaller than than most um but very quality with the people and uh tournaments that you get up there right so buffalo doesn't have as much beach volleyball but if you go to rochester you have nova who runs tournaments every single weekend so Mm -hmm. my favorite tournament that i went to was sylvan beach which is outside of syracuse new york on oneida lake first weekend of june every year um just play and the entire rochester and syracuse community comes together for one big weekend Uh, it's almost like a mini fuzz in a way right so you get the men's on one day the women's on the other day just without the four and it's a pretty good party it's a it's a fun time um and then you have syracuse which has a good scene and then there's really like the rest of eastern new york which is rochester saratoga right. lake george all those events later in the summer but i mean the summer in upstate new york is unbeaten right no humidity 80s weather re- really good temperature mm-hmm. and uh good weather for uh if you can get any beach volleyball around oh yeah grass grass beach anything they love like. their yeah. grass up there too yeah, yeah big money up uh for for some of those grass tournaments too yeah dude i I mean, that put me through summer school for college, man. I would, what I would do is I would find out the biggest tournament. I'm like, all right, Pots Town Rumbles this weekend. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to Connecticut. That won <laughs> 600 bucks. I'm gonna just yeah. go clean up. Yeah. So, and I had, you know, when you have sponsors too, I had Tiva Sandals. Mm-hmm. That was one of the sponsors. Um, yeah, yeah, I would make. Yeah, there's some I, would good, make uh, I would only make like five hundred, five thousand for the summer, but that's yeah. your that's a three credit court yeah. when I went to college. It's still so. pretty solid, yeah. And like yeah. we haven't really played much grass, but I know a, a bunch of guys that they make a killing on grass, right? So like the dig in Connecticut, yeah. another ten k tournament. Yes. I've never played Pottstown Rumble. That's on my list. I, I mean, did. That's that's that, gnarly. That's yeah. that's the it is the most grueling tournament in all of volleyball. I'll say it like that. Mm-hmm. It's old. It's old school rules, right yeah. side out. It's one of the most humid months in Pennsylvania. Sure. It is 15, right? Uh, to 15. Mm. And it's two days. Yeah. And it's night lights. It's all day and all night. night it's night oh. lights. So, yeah. All of, all of the guys, all of the beach players who decided to play in that, like, you know, they do really well, but they feel like they lost, like, five years of their volleyball. <laughs> hey, hey, it's, it's worse than indoor, to be honest, on the body. Yeah. I mean, I'm... A, I'm I don't mind grass. I've played a couple of times, but I've heard, you know, the stories like Katie Spieler, her, uh, what was it? Her ACL, MCL, yeah. I think. Yep. Um, who else? Like just injuries mm-hmm. like that, just from the beach players that, that have played an odd grass tournament. Yep. And I don't know, for me at this point, it's, it's not worth it to endanger yeah. myself in that way. It might as well be hard top, honestly. Yeah. 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 Right, I mean Central Park. We had um, back when I grew up, we had hard top fours. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and immigration population yeah. is just sick. The I Russians mean, come through Brighton Beach. The Dominicans, right uptown, you yeah. know something about that. I mean, uh-uh. when I was in high school, mm-hmm. like my my first year of high school, I, that was when I started playing indoor because I started in beach. Um, we were practicing on concrete. Like we, our yeah. school had uh, it had been converted from a bank, so it had the parking lot behind it, and that was. <laughs> 
PE. And then they had drawn the lines. Mm -hmm. They had filled in um, tires with cement, attached the poles <laughs> to it, and then they would roll them out mm -hmm. to make the court, make the net. And then the court was already painted, and you were expected to dive and go after these balls, <laughs> nice. just like a regular court. Yep. So I mean. I get it, but that's not what I want to do anymore. <laughs> no. And honestly, you play on something like that, it teaches you how to read better, right? Because nobody yeah. really no, nobody yeah. wants to dive yeah. on that. So, yeah. so um, yeah. Guys, so, have you guys ever played Nine Man? Yeah. I've never. I've never played that's Nine Man, shit, right? but, but I have. Oh, my God. It is. Yeah. How do you call that? Control chaos. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get into it? Because I thought, I thought Nine Man was with like... Uh, gotta be careful i said just say it chinese <laughs> chinese nine man. yeah yeah, with, with, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought there were rules of like you have to be this percentage chinese to be able to play well there are the rule is you're allowed to um have um one non-asian person got it okay. on your team in fact i'm a i'm a plug-in one it looks so fun it, it looks is totally different than it's control chaos yeah, so you yeah. got five front row blockers you got four back row defenders um if you play a ball off the net it doesn't count as a hit however block does count as a hit um you're Dang. not on jumps on your serve you're not allowed to penetrate the height of the net on your mm -hmm. contact so it's just on the ground heavy top spin serve <laughs> it is and it, it's, it's yeah. and it's these crazy rules in fact let me um i'll tell you how i got into it in a minute but let's take a look at some okay oh yeah okay yeah we want to we want to we want a commercial, do you ever right? do that? Do you ever help out YouTube by answering one question? Yes. Damn, you ever get no, into the algorithm? No, I'm kidding. I'm, Tough. I'm, I was messing around with that. <laughs> so here's some of the plays. Oh, that's on the I street. mean, look at this. This is in yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So you got guys running ones, back ones, 31s, and of course a go ball, maybe yeah, a five ball. And Coach back. Donnie is... Yo, I get all my diving lessons, like communicating with my kids, mm -hmm. like they're tired of hearing your voice for a while. You get, yeah. you have to, you have to give them someone else. So mm -hmm. coach Donnie is, he talks from down here. I level where the kids can can mm -hmm. communicate. Me, I'm up here like a asshole, but um, but he's diving videos. Every Coach Don is whatever, but that's that's nine man. Yeah. And how, how did I get into that? I played one year. I was at Hunter College for a cup of coffee mm -hmm. in 1994, and. Four of the guys on my team played nine man. They were Chinese, um, and Justin Stack actually played with me. He's half Vietnamese, so he plays. He played a lot of nine man. Danny Moy, who's the founder or the president of the New York New Jersey Strangers. Um, there's a guy named David May who was a runner-up for the Iron Horse Award, which goes to the best player in New York City. Mike Salik won that year. It is a name from the past. Mm -hmm. So just it was just a great boom period where Hunter was good. Vassar was the only team to make the um, EIVA. Finals, only Div Division Three team to make the Division One EIVA finals. Lost wow. to Penn State, who won the whole so thing. So they used that year. to be, they used to be in the EIVA, like they used yeah. to be. Yeah, Hunter, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, Hunter used to be. And then when they started adding more teams in CUNY, because back then there were only five teams for CUNY. Mm -hmm. when, when you have like eight teams or ten teams, and then and there's more Division Three teams, then you have to play. Yeah. Then good, you get to play more D three teams. But we had to play Rutgers twice, who was D one. We had to play Princeton, mm -hmm. um, LIU, Southampton. You know, Mike Salik played for them. They had two guys on a national team. It was a great, it was a great boom period for the East Coast, mm. which NCAA was won by the East Coast that year. It was Penn State beat UCLA in five. Uh, so, um, you're you're a Florida guy, yes, sir. Uh, so I'm not gonna ask you about a fun month <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> They're all fun months. Yeah, I mean, 
these days in the summer it can get a little bit brutal but mm. uh it's kind of the price you pay for wonderful weather all year round beaches that are beautiful uh we were actually we were kind of talking about how the beach culture mm-hmm. here on the west coast versus the east coast is so different tell dude let's do a split screen on it because i want to see his reaction and him agreeing with you um <laughs> tell me let's do a little comparison and contrast yeah. that's why we're here talk yeah talk to me a little bit about that like for example i think we we came out today um we were competing for the Norseka, and then later we also did a practice. So we were at the beach two different times. Uh, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, like I don't right. know, around, when, when did we start? Practice. Nine o'clock warming up Yeah, in the morning. And then practice was at four? Yeah, just yeah. about. Or uh, three. Two, yeah, okay. Two, three. Um, and we get there, and if you get to a Florida beach at either of those times, I mean, there's already tons of people. There's yep. already people being active in cycling, running, swimming, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and or people laying out, people setting up for the day if you're in the morning, like just to spend all day there. But when you get to the beach here, unless there's an event, there aren't people at the beach. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, it's it's just kind of like something that's there, and mm-hmm. like people come if they are planning something very specifically it's hey hey we're going to the beach just to play or we're going to the beach just Mm -hmm. to do a bonfire but like people don't just hang out at the beach people don't just go visit just to visit uh and it makes it makes it feel a lot more like abandoned is not the right word but deserted yeah deserted than the the east coast beaches where you you feel like an energy you feel Mm. it feels vibrant Whereas, like, when you come to the beach here, you, unless you bring your own energy and create your own energy, then it's, you just feel like you're practicing a void. Like, yeah. And competition helps a li- that a little bit because then that energy is there. There's multiple teams going back and forth with each other, which was cool. Like, that's, that's what it felt like at the Norseka, a bunch of energies coming together. Yeah. Um, but, like, when we just went out to practice, it was like, it was almost like if the water hadn't been there, it was almost like we just <laughs> like walked, a sandbox yeah, into a sandbox <laughs> out in the desert, and we were just kind could of could have been there. Arizona. Yeah, seriously, could have been deeper sand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, how do you do? You get is that? Uh, do you share his um his assessment on that? Yeah, I mean, I've only been in Florida now for probably about three and a half years cumulatively. So I lived in Orlando for two years okay. and I went back up to university of Buffalo, finished up my MBA and then found a home back down in St. Petersburg where I mm-hmm. live now. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a different vibe going to the beach. I mean, the beaches here are so wide too. Mm-hmm. Like it's the deeper sand. It's, it's, it is just like a really unique Cali vibe though, that when you come right. out here, it's hard to replicate. It almost makes you want to move out here to be honest. I mean, the, the volleyball is so good. And, um, it's just such a unique um, culture and vibe that you really can't replicate anywhere else, in my opinion. But I mean, that's coming from Buffalo, New York, where right. our beaches are rocks along the lake. You know, like, they are. we have some natural beaches. Um, like w- we have Woodlawn Beach, um, which is right near Cave, which is uh, one of our sponsors and uh, where I go, where I play beach volleyball back when I'm in Buffalo. Um, but I mean, other than that, you really have to go along Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, um, or, or find another smaller finger lake that you can get some, some beach volleyball on up in New York. Yeah. For, well, for me, 
uh, because I came from such a big city moving here, I lost a, I felt like I lost a sense of volleyball community. Mm -hmm. Um, like you'll see, um, guys playing ace, right? You'll see smack fest fours, you'll see Manhattan sixes mm -hmm. and you'll see all of the, this sense of community that comes in these spurts. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I'm seeing what you're saying. Let's meet up. Let's play up. Got to go to work, you know, got to mm -hmm. pick up my kid from school. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I got to, uh, I'm going to Starbucks, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I felt like I lost quantitatively like a huge sense of community i'm not saying it doesn't exist out here and i'm certainly not trying to cash any aspersions on a on a bunch of guys who drink every time you get a you get a clean shot i mean that's that's a right that's a real thing yeah, too right yeah. so um yeah i felt like i lost a little bit of that because central park um used to have one court and then john stossel justin stack the bunch of us they were they um well really stossel he had a fundraiser raised 110 grand or something like that tore down the one court built two two right. nice beautiful level courts by the sheet metal by tavern on the green mm -hmm. and half the time we go and you don't care if you play you just go you sit yeah. we order chinese yeah. food they yeah. deliver chinese mm -hmm. food to us in the park <laughs> right yeah um some sometimes we'll play we'll play spades it's dark that's some you know, classic street, new york street, shit yeah, yeah like street lights street lights you can't like see the ball you know you yeah. can't write that yeah. right no. like they're delivering chinese food you yeah beach volleyball yeah. yeah that's um, actually on my uh, volleyball bucket list it so is i have a bucket list of places that i want oh, to play you, you yeah. haven't been there i've never been to central park to play you I've been there, not from new yeah. york. you yeah. would love it the, yeah. i mean buffalo and new york city are just yeah complete opposites right like i associate more yeah. with toronto than i do new york city even right. though the state is new york right i mean toronto's two hours away new york city is seven and a half hours feels, yeah from geez. Buffalo, right like yeah. it's it's the complete opposite no. side of the state. Hmm. Well, if you drive like me, you could probably do it in five. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm an ex-military oh, guy. I drove yeah. on the Autobahn. And yeah. they, and oh, they yeah. drive like absolute maniacs out here, too. So. Yeah, you can't drive like yeah. that out Down here, in Florida, though. too. I mean, you no, can't get maniacs. Florida drivers. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, <laughs> so the cool thing about New York is that it was so personal, like partnerships, marriages, roommate mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff was formed by this group of 100 oh, yeah. people from maybe like six open level players, a mm -hmm. shitload of double A guys mm -hmm. um, for beach. Because mm -hmm. all the double A guys are probably open indoor because they're international players, mm -hmm. the Russians, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course, the, guy, the Dominicans from uptown is just, it's religion. It's religion. Yeah. Like I took Adam Roberts because he lived in New York for... Mm -hmm. um, for I think almost a decade, I took him to Riverbank State Park, which is indoor, and I, we call it Dominican Fours, right? And they have a first hit rule. Everyone on this, everyone has to four on pass. So the only mm -hmm. the only rule that they keep, like you mm -hmm. could dig this way, mm -hmm. uh, you can take first hit, double hit, mm -hmm. but they said first hit has to be four on pass. And you got guys that are like six, seven. They they say go play with the girls because you can't, you can't. Yeah, you can't, you wow. can't pass. It is strictly full, and everyone hits heavy handed. Oh, yeah. You know, and and Adam, I, Adam played with me, and I was like, shit, it'd be nice if I had a middle. Adam, <laughs> Adam's like, I, I'll play middle. I don't care. So yeah. Adam is center back, right? Yeah. Passing and running the one, just like trick. You know, gives himself enough time yeah, on yeah. the pass. Yeah. And this is two thousand two, Adam. Yeah. This is this is I mean Adam's timeless anyway. It's impossible yeah. to guess his age, but um the dude the dude's a mensch man, right? Yeah. You guys have you guys been to Myrtle Beach and, I, and played I there? Have not, I have not no. yet. No. That's another stop that's you got to make. Yeah, because that's yeah. community. That is for sure. You yeah. know Kevin Knight. That's yeah. that's yeah. um Angel and Angel Angel, Angel Dache. Dache. Yeah. I heard Coach Goody's got a really good thing going out there. He runs his tournaments pretty well. Mm -hmm. they, they get some really good. Uh, 
good feedback on on those too. But I know Adam Roberts is a local member of the St. Pete Chess Club. Talk about a utility guy. He is nice, unreal at chess. Who's that? A Rob. Yeah, Adam Roberts. Yep, unbelievable. Long time part of Mar- Marty Lorenz lives out there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Marty Cal Northridge guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got a really good community right now in St. Pete. Yeah, we do. Um, you, I mean, just talking yes, like do. dichotomy of you know East Coast versus West Coast volleyball. Like mm-hmm. we got some serious ballers. Yes, in, you do in St. Mm-hmm. Petersburg, Florida. I mean, where's Phil live? Right. <laughs> Phil's in Orlando. About an hour. Yeah. yeah. Nick. Nick also Orlando. Mm, uh, he's tally. He's in Tallahassee. Yeah. So yeah. that's at least a three to four hour drive. Mm-hmm. But collectively, the state of Florida, you got like the you know two or four guys for that, sure that phil is like i don't know what kind of fair world tour he's doing with a guy who bought him a portion playing you know with andy banesh who's like the hitman for hire then playing with taylor crab then playing with casey patterson yeah ain't nobody ain't nobody pushing that guy off the cliff i mean nobody pushing him up. like I, me i just i just be glad to see his ass go yeah. but 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 at the same time i'm mixed mm-hmm. <laughs> which one of these suck holes are gonna push him off the cliff <laughs> I want to see him keep playing. Keep, I guess. Keep winning with different guys. Why not? I had a AVP asked on Instagram, like, what are your predictions for the season? I go, Phil wins at least, like, three different tournaments with eight different partners. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to bounce around because he's still Phil. Now, he's it, still gnarly. Think about this. Like, I had this little um, awards thing. Like, Travis Muretter, Sandcast, they got their award thing. Great podcast, right? Second, sure. most, second most viewed podcast in the sport. Oh, for sure. Uh, um, so... They had their awards thing, so I decided to have my own. I had invited Matt Prosser, who was a com- oh, commentator at yeah. 5VB, yeah. um, Long Beach State guy, yeah. um, and Aaron Wexler, who was an assistant you know, at UCLA, helped mm-hmm. the women win. Um, you know, He was um, Kelly Reeves' coach. Gotcha. Um, and he's doing some great things out. And he wrote a book called um, Within the Game. He's like one of these positive yoga Zen people. He makes me sick. Uh, um, <laughs> so, so. Yeah, watch out, DJ. Don't say shit. Oh, watch your tongue. I'm kidding. No, I'm being, I'm, I'm being facetious. No, the I'm fact of the matter is, if I don't have people in like that in my life, I'm just a hater. It's a balance. Yeah. yeah I need, like, if you were, if you were here, you'd be in my life. I, I need to have people around me like that, so I'm not like that all the time. But, but we did our own award show. Point in fact, um, I said Miles Partain had a good year, right? Um, and we came up with three different people. Like, what's his name? Said Phil, mm-hmm. and the other guy said um, Taylor, because the numbers were. For MVP. If you look at the numbers for uh, for defense and hit kills per game and hitting mm-hmm. percentage, mm-hmm. Miles and Taylor were razor close. But then, what's his name was like? Wait a minute. Phil won three tournaments with three different partners. And I'm like, holy sugar, he is right. What's it about? It's all about winning. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Who's the most valuable? Win more points than the other team. Yeah. Who's the most valuable player? Yeah. Yeah. Miles had a good year, but uh, but that's a great argument for Phil. For women, I had Kelly Chang. Uh, for best team, I had Nuss and TKN. Sure, mm-hmm. they're just that's 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 a two horse race to the Olympics, mm-hmm. right? Ch- it's Chang and Hughes. Uh, yo, mad respect to all of those girls out there, man. Right? Love me some Kelly Kalinsky. Love us some, you know, Ireland Dow who's coming up, um, and we can go on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Tina Gradina, um, who's my my mentor's goddaughter, oldest Lucy. She taught me how to coach volleyball, mm-hmm. so that's that's a small world. Yeah. Um, but it's a two horse race to the Olympics between yeah. those two. Just how about on, the men? Yeah, it's a <laughs> it, that, yeah, it's way more of a dogfight. Uh, I think 
you see you're seeing so many more teams participating in the Olympic race than I think in past years and that's partly due to some of like the old guard dropping off yes. Jake Gibb Phil Dollar is not competing internationally anymore um, so yeah a lot of teams are coming in to fill that void I guess you could call it so and it's a lot more competitive I guess in a way because I want to say that the pipeline one of the things that I feel like the pipeline from club to college to pro has done is right. is it's made the gap between the elite hey man and preach the, and the the up and coming that much more uh deep I would say because in the men's it seems more like on a, yes, there are guys who will win more often, but it seems like on a given day, because of the parity, that's a result of the lack of pipeline and all guys just trying to do what they can to make it work. There is a little bit more of a, an ability to interchange teams. Like some days this team could win, some days that team could win, but. I wouldn't say necessarily that's a good thing. I think the pipeline that's been built for the women is a very good thing. Like it's it's already shown how much it's producing medals for the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally wish we had that same pipeline for the men. There was, yeah. You know what it created? It created the boom period. Like mm-hmm. once every four mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. you got this flock of girls. Oh yeah, that are, that are just coming through. Like, look, uh, two years from now, same thing. Because I was um, when I moved here, I was coaching Endless Summer, which mm-hmm. is a beach group. And that, in 2019, we led the nation in recruitments per capita. We had a 19-person group, and 12 people got recruited. Mm-hmm. So how cool is that? Yeah. So they're all in their sophomore and junior year. So watch out for them. But boom periods, right? Yeah. You got Gradina that same year as Kristen Nuss and Cloth. You got Haley Harward. You got um, Sponsel, right? Class, you, yeah. That is a right? Yeah. That, and that was that was the class after Clays and Hughes because that, that was that was more of a two-horse race or whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah. right, because you don't see Alexa Strange around. You don't see a lot mm-hmm. of these girls around. Fallon Fona Moana is like a, a, a career journey person who could beat anyone in any day. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but boom periods yeah man. it's coming for the boys though i yeah, mean I, hope so. I, I really believe it like there's some really good grassroots efforts to grow mm-hmm. boys volleyball mm-hmm. like especially at weber university west cliff you know like battling each and every year right so he was I, the head coach right uh his my dad was dad. Oh, okay same yeah. name yeah <laughs> I gotta do my research. Can we just clarify <laughs> this real quick so Jesus, he goes by you know, his, his legal name right go ahead explain yeah so go ahead my legal name is Carlos Guillermo Jimenez, and because my dad's name is Carlos Eduardo Jimenez, uh, it's Colombia. It's cu- it's a custom in Colombia and other Latin American countries that um, you have the same first name as your father, and then the differentiator is the middle name. Gotcha. So, different middle name. Uh, and when my dad and my family addressed me, they addressed me by the nickname Guille. Because it's G U I L L E, which is half of Guillermo. Guillermo, yeah. Uh, and so that's been my nickname since I was little. Um, and but for purposes of like first meetings, school stuff, work stuff, I usually say Carlos first. But the more you get to know me, the more you're become part of my family. 
then like it's like it's almost like a status like you can call me gj i like um, it yeah. but that does cause a lot of confusion <laughs> with my dad um but, try, yeah, try to search search for him. I'm like, dude, how the hell is someone this young a head coach? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I got, yeah. got fooled, man. I got honey yeah. dicks, man. I got yeah, I got yeah. I got but the, on the boys that. volleyball scene. I mean, I think it is going to have the same explosion that the the women's scene has had, right? Yeah. Where there's going to be more and more boys programs, and hopefully NCAA will work on finding a way around Title IX to get boys volleyball in the NCAA, and if not, just go and I. NAIA, right, mm-hmm. and continue to grow grassroots boys volleyball across the United States. Like, I wish that I had the chance to play yeah. beach volleyball when I was a kid. We had indoor and high school growing yeah. up in New York, which is pretty rare yeah, from what is. I know. Yeah. Like, Michigan, Ohio just got boys volleyball. I mean, well, is your boys season in the direction. fall? Yeah. Like Long yes. Island? Yeah. Your boys yeah. season's in the fall? Yeah. 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 For it's high like school. a fall. It, it, it's a fall and then like a, a modified spring. So like right. a very short spring after the end of indoor season yeah, uh, and before graduation. That's but pretty I, cool. Yeah. It takes the, what we're talking about. It takes like the, the effort of individual people done collectively. Right. Cause like all for, I can remember for like the past 10 years, uh, me, my dad, people in our circle have talked about pushing boys volleyball, but for the longest time, it was just talk. It was just thought. It was right. just an idea. And it wasn't until someone took the jump and put effort into making something happen. Like, for example, my, when my dad was at Weber International, um, he, he was there at, starting in 2018. Um, but he started to do the groundwork for creating the beach team in 2019 and it was about to come out about to take off about to be announced you know season about to come out then boom covid 2020 right Uh, we don't have to go into obviously did did that not like alter everybody's life but go ahead sorry um so he eventually it comes out there's a season it's there's recruitment scholarships we have a season you know that that's like a first look at what boys beach volleyball could be because i think the girls have established that like the duels format and all that is a good way to do it in 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 college yeah. and they um, get the viewership from espn oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like, definitely the could. latest yeah. ncaa championship I mean, the the ratings were excellent and the yeah. competition was excellent right usc almost came back and won that yeah. it was entertaining to watch yep. they get a good you know they did come back and win shores. it actually oh yeah sorry yeah, they did yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So usc came back and won it right yeah. like a battle it yeah. goes down to the fifth wow um, three you know, fours match. and fives man yeah. one and two um that's it mm-hmm. yeah well, it's very similar in 2019 before covid yeah. uh, mm-hmm. same situation with lsu mm-hmm. and usc mm-hmm. so you're right talk to me let's not let ourselves get away with moving on from there let's talk about the how Right, we want boys volleyball. We want men's volleyball to be able to do the same thing as women's volleyball. Right, you got these women. They made it an NCAA sport. When it became an NCAA sport, it became a business. Right, and as nice as these girls are with the hot bodies and sitting there with big smiles on their face, they will cut your fucking throat. You know, because that's how college has shaped them. And this is why women. There was no surprise to see women win the gold. You know, um, you know, and 
And I mean, it's crazy, right? We 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 get a two horse race, but there are five teams that can yeah. change that, yeah. Yeah. all because of what we, mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now. Yeah. So, men for the how. Um, let's go. I'm gonna actually give you uh, each of us sixty seconds. Let's start a, a clock. And I want you, you, Carlos. I want you to go first, and I want you to go take sixty seconds. Where's my clock? I got a horn too. This oh, is shit. good. All yeah, right. I got a. Oh, I got one of those times up horns. All right, um, let's do that. And there's a the clock. Boom. All right. All right. Let's scroll up so you could see it. Carlos, you're first. What's? Give me one or two things you think that can help. And we're just talking about men's beach, right? Yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do that. The flow is yours. All right. I mean, it it starts at I think the most basic level. Kids that are always training with girls because of the lack of availability have all those kids together put them in a group right then they start to talk to their indoor friends it's like hey we're not training with girls anymore we're training together in a group of guys that gets those guys interested in like hey even if i'm still playing indoor i know by now it's common knowledge that if you play beach it's going to help you in indoor especially at at those young levels so if we're that's something that we're doing with the club that I'm with, B Volley. We just had a tryout for guys, huh. right? And all the kids were super excited to be there because all they do is either train with girls, train with adults, or just play pickup games wherever they can, right? They don't, have, they don't yep. have any structure. So if at the most basic level, at the young junior level, you're providing structure, then there's that opportunity to go from there. Oh, I didn't. The horn didn't yell at you. <laughs> and your timing was pretty good. Do you um know who Bertolt Brecht is? I'm going you're you're coming up next. Brecht is a a, a playwright um that believed that through his style of plays mm -hmm. believed that it takes one person to instigate mm -hmm. but change has to be called that that one person can't do change by himself right oh, mm -hmm. so we call that the brechtian approach uh, um brechtian mm -hmm. plays mother courage and her children mm -hmm. man equals man mm -hmm. my bfa's and i um, i was in my degrees in acting so that kind of, that's why i'm i know all this but very very interesting that you said that because you're talking you're talking you're you're it's all brechtian mm -hmm. uh braveheart the movie braveheart mm -hmm. william wallace mm -hmm. right he was the instigator yeah. But change change mm -hmm. could only come collectively mm -hmm. when that whoever that president was or that leader, yeah. they needed him and other people to, almost, to instigate yeah. that change. I almost so. think of it as like a barrier. Mm -hmm. There's a barrier mm -hmm. and there's a ton of energy behind it yep. that can cause change. Yep. But until someone causes that first crack that lets some of that out, yep. then everyone thinks, man, that energy behind that barrier must be so cool. Yep. And they just talk about it and they just think of how all the ways that it could be great. Yeah. But until someone actually goes up against the wall and tries to get some of it out, it's just talk. Yeah. Hey, you're up to bat. Give me one or two things you think that can help uh, get this volleyball, this men's volleyball thing going. Sure. Uh, I'll go more at the grassroots level. So I think that hosting regional events for beach having people step up in their communities whether they're an old head that was an open player back in the day such as like jimmy nichols did in syracuse started a full bar with 12 courts and has grown wow. phenomenal beach volleyball and indoor volleyball athletes too right so it takes individuals and communities to take a chance and step up 
and teach the younger kids how to play the beach game, why it's way better than indoor, not only for your body, but you know, you're in the sunshine outdoors, there's girls around, right? Like the, the most enjoyable parts of the sport. So I think it is the grassroots organization. And then it's also the AVP, AVP America for supporting those, oh, right? Those, those hosting hosting regional man. events because some uh, leagues and associations aren't on AVP America. So when these juniors go to play different events, they go down to Florida to play East Coast, they have no points coming into it. And so they're at a distinct disadvantage, right? And so leveling the playing field on the grassroots level is, uh, that was a much more New York. Yeah, I was going to say, why was yours louder? Hey, I'm walking <laughs> in. And, no, uh, go ahead. And so I think it's really important on that grassroots level that um, folks step up in their community and that the AVP backs them and supports them, right? And, and we don't create more barriers for organizations to jump on AVP America or right. to jump through the AVP so that when these um, kids go to compete, it's more of a neutral playing field versus, you know, the stereotypical, oh, these California kids are at a distinct advantage because they have all the regional events here, right? right. There's more of a grassroots efforts and it's more historic versus East Coast players who we've shown can compete at very high levels. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah. they just don't have the opportunity to, to prove themselves. On yeah, well, I mean, yet. right. Where's Terry's Cannon from, right? Yeah. Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. The Roch Cannon. Yeah. Oh my God, she's so good. And Yo, I'm so glad she merch. won. So glad that her and Sponsor won. Um, won um, they won her Hermosa Beach last yeah. year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really cool. So, that was an all Scott Davenport finals, right? Theo That's and right. came one. Right. Yes, it was. So big up, big up to Scotty that was yeah. a good one. on that one. So I'd like to pick up where you left off on my minute. Um, here's one of the, the one of the major things I think they can do to help. There has to be this level of inclusiveness. All right, you got these this kind of good old boys club out here. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote Carlin, if there's a good old boys club and you're not in it, right? Yeah. So I think, and and I'm trying not to be a hater here because this is this is a pretty cool uh, positive thing, but I would like to see them continue to enlist people who are the best people for the job, right? For example, I'm a color commentator. Let's just talk about me. I'll throw myself out there, right? Dane Blanton, right? Olympic gold medalist, commands respect. Is he a better color commentator than me? No, he's not, right? He's not a better color. He, the, so the certain things that, that the pedigree that bring you there don't necessarily make you the best person for the job, mm-hmm. right? Uh, um, who's the guy in the AVP America who does the, the play? Dave Shaw is a savage. Rochester's Dave finest. Shaw is a savage. Mm-hmm. I don't care who went to journalism school. I don't care who did that. I, we need to get people in a room and say, is that the best guy for the job? Yes or no? The answer is yes. And the more they start being more self-honest to who the best guy for the job is, the more inclusiveness they're going to have. And the more inclusiveness they have, you're going to surround yourself up with the best people trying to trying to move this product forward mm-hmm. is that positive enough I cool so yeah i kind of threw my, i had to throw myself out there because this way if people have a problem they can yeah. just come and get me you oh, know oh. he said he's better than dane you know so yeah come fine come and get me let me ask you something dane come see me right yeah. I'm, I'm good when you when we were talking earlier especially about the community part where you felt you mm-hmm. came out here and you felt yeah. like you lost that sense of community do you think the sense of community is lost when you go from a place like you're coming from New York, we're coming from Florida. Mm-hmm. You go from a place where there's aspects of professionalism, right. but it's not That's all, a- it's not everything, right? Yeah. And then you wow. come out here. Can, we could finish that one for him. Keep you going. You come no. out here and it's all like it it is everything the volleyball mm-hmm. is everything out here right? right that's that's for a lot of people that's true right do you th- like do you think that 
the professionalism is what loses out on the community. All right. So I'll answer for myself first. Um, I came here and the conflicting forces were people um, telling me to know my place and me telling them I secure my place. So the, the conflicting forces of knowing your place and securing it um, is always this internal battle. And once you get your own ash together, mm-hmm. then you can go out there and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, right? Because when I moved here, what did I do? I did the same thing I did for you guys this morning. I bought a camera and I pointed and I started just talking behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, Casey Jennings was like, that guy's got balls. I want him to work for me, P1440. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm doing all the Pepperdine's home games, you know, with with. Travis and Rob Sparrow and like real journalists. Rob, I mean, Travis is one of the best writers in the sport. Name mm-hmm. Rob. Rob commands respect. Sure. Um, Big West Championship, Cal Poly, this and that. Um, AVP, um, New Orleans, mm-hmm. that I call Center Court. Mm-hmm. You know, when Evan and them won or whatever. Atlantic City, uh, the year before the <laughs> the year before the hot sand. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where I felt like I did everything that was asked of me, and mm-hmm. and yet, right still on the outside yeah and and so to answer your question just for me i feel like i'm in i'm singing karaoke right Mm -hmm. and i sang a song and everyone loves it Mm -hmm. and they're asking when i'm going to come up and sing next Mm -hmm. and then the host keeps calling their their people up to sing two times three times you only sang once Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how i feel but um i will say this like ben shassel right he moved here Mm -hmm. he found a community he found his place in it. Mike Cavateo, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, he found his place, right? And and they have this foundation where even if they, whether they're running, they're doing a running man or whether they're moving in, a, a move, they're, they found something. So to answer your question, sometimes you have to find the community because it's there. Yeah. Today, Tuesday and Thursday, they play fours on... Um, 21st. Yeah, right? they play yeah. fours. Yeah, that's cool. And, and I, I mean, I just went there and I just said hi to some people. Some people knew me, some people didn't, but mm-hmm. that was cool. 16th Street was very much like that. Mm-hmm. A Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, you know, big, big events out here. Mm-hmm. Greg Faulkner is always calling me saying there's something going on. Greg is, Greg is Mr. Community. Mm-hmm. Greg, Greg, in fact, is so coincidental. We sing karaoke to, uh, once or twice a week. So isn't, isn't it crazy that the guy who actually has <laughs> a sense of community is the guy I discovered? Yeah. You know who Greg is? No. He's just... No, um, Tall black guy, that six eight black guy that played for Northridge. He's the assistant coach there. Mm. And all right, I'll just summarize it like this. He's the guy, the first guy you asked to play fours and sixes, and the last guy you asked to play doubles. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wait, he's the middle. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. Yeah. I think sometimes you have to create your own and and but at the same time. Uh, knowing your place and securing your place is always going to be the internal con- mm-hmm. conflicting forces. Um, and and for me, my child's going back to me, and I'll and I'll promise I'll shut up about me because this is about you guys. Um, I just got to chill, you know. Jason Olive gave it to me my because we we've known each other since the '90s. He's a former University of Hawaii star. He's my program director at LEV, Los Angeles Volleyball Club. He says he says, dude. You're the type of person that you vie for a mansion, right? And then when you finally get the mansion, you pick up a brick and throw it through your own window. <laughs> he says, because you're so pissed it took so long to get it, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're like this kind of, right? You're like this yeah. wrestler that gets cheated by the ref. And when a ref raises your hand, you clothesline the ref, <laughs> you know? So um, that's my challenge. Like, don't take, it's not, if it's fair, 
Who cares? Life's not fair, right? Mm -hmm. Don't take that fat kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. Keep your nose in the work. And next thing mm -hmm. you know, all of these things just fall. Dude, I literally came here with a camera. Mm -hmm. Well, 19 years experience, but you don't yeah. know, buddy. Mm -hmm. Just camera. Mm -hmm. That guy's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, that guy's analytical is on point. But now they care enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is what I'm saying. You guys are in a great spot. You're in the catbird seat as far as liber being liberated is concerned. So, was that too much? <laughs> I like it. I think a community yeah. is like one of the most important parts of beach volleyball, mm -hmm. right? And, and especially coming from the East Coast where we're fortunate enough to have a really good training group and support from our sponsor and our, you know, team of, of people that, you know. Lost Traveler, we right? We call a team. Yeah. Yes, big, shout out Josh Fay and Lost Traveler. Traveler. Yes. Um, I mean, the best sublimated custom gear in the game. Um, he makes so much gear for adult nationals and uh, a ton of beach teams as well. You're going to, um, let's Super plug a site on where I could get one of them. Because I'm all about, I started wearing hoodies more here yeah. than I've ever worn in my life. So how do I get yeah. one of those? That's on uh, LostTraveler.com. You yep. can contact uh, me or GJ on Instagram. Uh, we do fully custom designed shorts. Um, these super light hoodies, which are like UV super light, uh, sun protected as yes. well with a custom yep. hood. Um, so we do those for teams, indoor beach teams, uh, anybody that wants them. And we also have a discount code for uh, our shorts that we wear as well. Yeah. For and, and you're going to make a killing because these, I mean, there's very few companies that sell thin hoodies for guys mm -hmm. they sell plenty of thin hoodies know, for women yeah. right yeah, like right. women are the only one that, yeah. that, 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 that guys yeah. Yeah. they want to i'm like damn why don't you put some football pads in this yeah. thing man i ain't trying to wear this this is the i want to hide from the sun in florida hoodie. Yeah. that's mean, it's, it it's yeah. so perfect i yeah. want to feel cool but at Light the same time yeah. shade this yeah, shade it. this five head i got a yeah. five head <laughs> under here boy i ain't got a four head i got one two three four five pow, 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 pow. <laughs> so I didn't put that on film. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I have my Jufro. That's my Jufro. So, actually, let's have a little fun. So, um, I want to do another one-minute thing yeah. on your three favorite venues. Um, Ooh, I like it. Um, anytime. I mean, if you if you're quick about this, we'll just leave time time on or whatever. So you go first this time, um, my man Tyler. Let's go your three favorite venues that you that you played in. Or right. like to play, and it could be any. It could be domestic, okay, or it can be you know international. Yeah, it's not going to be international because I haven't right. played anywhere. So, well, <laughs> but you will, man. I'm definitely not like, playing in Trinidad. I'll tell you that. I'm surely dude, not playing in Canada, dude. You you <laughs> you so well though. You you watch. It's going to be the time of your All life, right, dude. Let's see, um, man. I'm all right, Denver. At the island. Wow. That was, uh, we went there for a tour stop last year. Davenport. Um, yep. Awesome. Tom Davenport. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Tom, that's right. Yep. yep. Tom Davenport at the island. That was a sweet venue, great bar, indoor facility. I'm partial. I'm a, you know, snow winter guy, right? So any place that has indoor and outdoor courts, I'm in. Uh, really fun to play in. Uh, I was just at Destin for FUDS. That is an all-time beach. I mean, just the venue at FUDS and the crowds and the party, all of that. Speaking of fours, I was a middle, playing fours out of the middle. We had such a good time. Wearing Selection, kilts the yeah. whole time. That's a whole story, too. Mm -hmm. um, man, another good venue. We were just out at Mesa, Arizona at uh, Skylar Del Sol's facility. The deepest sand I've ever played in. Phenomenal facility. I mean, they have tons of soccer courts, uh, soccer fields, baseball fields. Beach volleyball courts, excellent. Um, those are probably my favorite three recently that I, that I've played. Okay, Carlos Guillermo, that's your dad. 
That's me, Guillermo. Okay. What's your dad again? Eduardo. Good. I ain't going to say something stupid like Santiago, <laughs> right? Santiago. No, no, Eduardo. Yeah. All right, let's go, baby. All you. Uh, so first, probably an event I played last year in Colombia. Uh, I had the good fortune of uh, being able to play this event through my dad. Wow. Um, and it was an invitational only. Um, and we were, to, to describe it for people listening, we were in the middle of the city of Medellin, uh, which is surrounded by mountains. So the city itself is basically mm -hmm. in the valley. There are houses that kind of go up uh, the mountain, but the majority of life happens in the valley. And we were in an athletic complex um, that was literally just in the heart of everything. And so you come in and to your left, there's a swimming complex. To your left, or sorry, to your right, uh, there's um, indoor soccer. Um, there's wow. so much activity going on. And then right in the middle is uh, this cage, right, uh, of beach volleyball courts. And... You know, you're you're looking down, there's the sand, there's the net, and then all of a sudden your vision just kind of goes up above, like, the tree lines, and it's mountains, like, everywhere oh, you look. Oh, my God. You know, wow. the cool. tropical... Columbia. Tropical scenery. So that, just based on uniqueness and the, the uh, special place it has for me, uh, was definitely number one. Um, I would have to say number two, um, way back in the day, I played a, a tournament at Alki Beach, um, in Seattle. Um, and, uh, the, the uniqueness again, for me, it's more about the unique stuff. Yeah. Um, I can appreciate that. So the uniqueness of that beach, um, where it's right on the lake, um, the sand is like, it, it's not deep, but it's also not shallow. It's like this, this right. weird in between because it's, uh, it's, uh, more minerally. So it's all, it's also very dark. Right. Um, that like, you feel like you're in quicksand, but then sometimes if you catch the right bit of sand, then you're like flying. Uh, Jesus. And it's like Wapaka after the rain, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the third one? The third one. That's tough. Um, I'd have to say South Beach, Miami. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Chicago. Chicago's, Chicago's cool. And it definitely has like a special place for me, but mm. um, I grew up in Miami, um, and so uh, that the the South Beach courts were like where I always looked forward to going because where where I trained was a little bit up north, and that uh, was kind of where I went for my day to day. But going to South Beach was special. I took the bus. To get down there, I knew nice. it was always going to be good huh. competition. You could just drive up to the beach too. That's the way of life in South Beach. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. South Beach, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Those, well, those man. unique venues where like yeah. you're playing beach volleyball, but you're not at the beach. So like when I played up in Vail, you got the mountains, right? In yeah. Columbia, you got the mountains. Or Chicago, you have the skyline in the Skyline's, background. Yeah. Those yeah. seem to be New York the, City. Too, the, really, yeah. the same thing. I wish I yeah. could have played those New York City. It was at Pier 39 or whatever. It was, Pier 25. Right? Pier 25. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so. Man, they built an uh, the last year that they, they were there. They used the Pier Twenty Five for the qualifier, but then they built a facility next to Chelsea Piers, mm -hmm. like built like three man made courts. And accessibility wise, mm -hmm. people just get off the L train, they get off the the, the A train or whatever, mm -hmm. and they walk the two blocks mm -hmm. across the street. Boom. Mm -hmm. Where like Pier Twenty Five was a little bit of an adventure, as was Pier Six. Mm -hmm. It's nice to get to, but it was a little bit adventurous to get to. But that new facility is right there, and mm -hmm. and it, and the crowd. 
it was just galvanizing. So let me do my three because it's weird because you think you would think because the last time I did this, I had New York City in mind, but I'm not doing New York City this year because I'm, I'm too predictable. <laughs> so let's start with mine. Uh, one, Hermosa Beach, California. I just love being home. I am home, dude. Um, it was when Crab versus Crab first meeting on the major court. That was that was just electric. And that, that, and that was like sold out. That, that was more crowded than the actual finals because they met twice. It was also the first tournament that I coached um, a team where I felt like I had to do some real work. I coached a team into the main draw. It was Earl Schultz and Jake Arudia. Oh, yeah. and, um, and I've coached teams into the draw before, but that was the first time I felt like I didn't feel like an imposter in a tent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, y'all could kiss my ass because it took real work to get. I had to beat Evan Corey to, and Valela to get in. Mm-hmm. So um, second venue, I love me some New Orleans. I love mm-hmm. this this old school virtue where people hold the chair, hold it for women, hold the door. You know, they say, sir, they say, ma'am, and they whip up a mean steak. The right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention just the night lights. Calling night lights. Mm-hmm. It was Rafa Rodriguez and Piotr Marciniak mm-hmm. against Corey and Weber. Mm-hmm. Night lights. Mm-hmm. And the rain finally stopped and just boom Mm. and the third one everyone thinks i'm gonna say new york city and and new york city is on the normal days in there but Mm -hmm. because you inspired me i'm gonna go motherload yeah motherload aspen colorado Mm. ladies and gentlemen where's my camera (laughs) switching if you can afford it all right because this this is not (laughs) for broke this ain't for broke ass people all right if you can afford it (laughs) you go there it looks like the combination of holland and santa fe Mm. like you said there's Mm. these 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 uh, gluttonous mountains, mm. just fat, fat mountains. Aspen, Aspen. Yeah, yeah. It's a motherload. I was um emceeing there. It was the first time I ever had to. I got to MC because mm. I've, I've only been a color commentator and a play-by-play guy. Mm. And I'm like, wait, I can do that, mm. you know? Because <laughs> when you when you study acting, you feel like you can do anything. <laughs> I could be a doctor. I could, <laughs> yeah, sure. So wow, some great conversation about some of these these venues. But the most fascinating was the one you you were talking about, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. kind of like he's like, I want to get this guy's like, I want to go. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, my leg is cramping. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. So let me up. take the camera off of you <laughs> Dang. yeah we're we're working on uh getting to columbia um at, at some point we'll get out there and play a tournament uh mm-hmm. hit, him and his dad have so many connections out there and they're they're growing the, yeah. the volleyball scene as well so that would be a really cool opportunity as well as for me you know i'm I have a full-time job and this is kind of a, right. a, a passion on the side, you know? So anytime that we go and travel somewhere, it's always, you know, let's focus on the volleyball. But then if volleyball doesn't go great, then, yeah. you know, just enjoy the travel part of it as well. And, and Columbia has been on my list nice. of places that I'd love to get to as well. One of my favorite we'll players there. in New York City, I, I have a friend, Mario Gonzalez. He's the biggest Colombian you've ever seen. He's like 6'8". <laughs> had him play opposite. He played for Creo for a long time. He lives in New York City. Um, played a little bit of beach, but I'm like, man, I, I'm, I, and some of the venues out there, he was showing me pictures and oh, I was yeah. like, wow, a little first class setup there, you know? Yeah. I've been to Hawaii cause I was John Mayer's, um, director of operations at LMU, uh-huh. his assistant. And we had to play U of H. So me and my wife made like, like you said, sometimes mm-hmm. you just make a vacation yeah. out yeah, of that's it. it. Yeah. Came three days ahead of time, you know, went to Turtle Bay and then, then hit a yeah. Waikiki beach and this and that. We, we did that we last switched. year too in, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did that last year too in Denver. Uh, we went out early and, uh, had a really good time like hiking around enjoying the volleyball awesome volleyball community yeah. out there as well too yeah switching seats yeah because I, I gotta stand <laughs> I'm gonna keep prepping ooh, ah. ooh this yeah. is nice oh my god he's in the catbird oh, seat oh, let's just go around <laughs> this poor guy got a cramp <laughs> yeah I'll be uh, yeah. be kind of half squatting 
that's funny, that's funny fun. enough. Um, <laughs> speaking of cramping in volleyball, this is a good conversation. Please. Manhattan Beach was my yeah. first time cramping last year oh, ever in my volleyball Lord. career. Lord, yeah. And it's... we cramped against uh, John Hyden and Logan yeah. in our third match of the day. Mm-hmm. Man. And our first main draw. Mm-hmm. Tough. Yeah. Tough first one to cramp in, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, that, that was a hell of a tournament for you guys, right? Look, you, you figured out after the first match. Yeah. Um, I was coaching against you guys. That was actually the first time I physically seen you guys play together. I knew I knew you a little bit about you, knew a lot of a lot bit about you, because I have friends from Florida. Have, mm. You know, New York, mm. that's the vacation spot where oh, here yeah. Hawaii is a vacation spot, right? Yeah. New York, you don't go to Hawaii, you don't yeah. fly all the way out here. Yeah, you go to Jamaica, you go to Florida. Mm-hmm. So, so I knew about you, and I and knew recently about you. So when I played you guys, and we won the first set, I told Jeff and and um. Chris Vaughn, I said, look, <laughs> be ready. This is not the team that goes away when you smack them the first set. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at some of some of your games where you guys lost the first set. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and what? Game decided by two, right? Mm-hmm. All of these, whether you lost or won, you always drag people in the deep water mm-hmm. where you guys were comfortable swimming. And if mm-hmm. they're comfortable swimming too, it was going to be a very interesting ending. And... And from my end, I only made one coaching error. I thought, we're at 14-12 game three, right? You got to side out. Um, what I did not know is that the AVP rules allow the coach to tell the players. Like, you're not allowed to coach, but mm. you are allowed to tell the players to call timeout. We had the timeout. We're, I mean, you know, we're not saving it for a rainy day, right? Mm-hmm. So, ideally, 13-14, you want to call timeout, and I'd be like, Chris, let's run this back set. Or, Chris, um, let's create your string. On the inside, like you're going to back set and then just, you know, mm. do a little win ball set. And maybe we finish that way because I knew I had some ideas what you were going to do. I knew you were going to two block or four block switch unless it was tight and you're just going to go after the ball. You were going to you were going to two and sit. Mm. You were going to instead of four blocks, switch, you were going to two and sit. So I knew what they're going to do. And I and I was just like. I don't want this referee yelling at me. And then I found out later, you know. No, oh, you know you can do that, right? And can we watch the end of that match? Yeah. That was a call. <clears> Let's do it. But um, but I I was the ref's like, you know, you can do that. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, hey, he says, I'm surprised you're a coach. You're supposed to know that. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know that, dude? And I was like, well, we, it's been a rule for two years. And I said, wait. So you did the rule in in 2020, mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yeah, when nobody's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, okay. Yeah, why don't y'all miss me on That's that? When they were all in Zoom meetings. Oh no! Let me see if I can fix yeah. your mic. You are mic three. Me, hey, that sounds better. Oh yeah, right. That sounds crispy. Yeah, yeah. But we we got there from a really good finish in uh, Wapaka. Yeah. So we had a really tough time in Denver. All that work and preparation that we did, showing up early, all the practices and the support from the Denver community and training, all that. Volleyball didn't go our way that day, yeah. right? And then the next tournament, we bounce back in Wapaka. We have his support from all the Lewis guys. Um, all of his Chicago people came out to Wapaka and supported us, and we played so much volleyball and beat some really good teams over a few days. And that uh, finish of fifth place got us a trickle down for the yeah. Manhattan Beach bid, and that, that was, was uh, the pinnacle and kind of the peak of last season. That was really cool. Yeah, playing your playing some of your best volleyball at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Played at Lewis? Yeah. That's Graduated a, uh, Lewis is just a, yeah. a year ago now. 
Yeah, people. Th- this is another reason why people think I'm a hater. Like I tell people, the MPSF is not even the second best division anymore. Like if you look at the champ, the it's been the decade of the repeat champions. As I'm pulling up this this thing mm-hmm. for you guys, so the last ten years or what? Like before this is UCLA, right? But previously it was Hawaii, Hawaii, Long Beach State, Long Beach State, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Loyola Chicago, Loyola Chicago. One of those is against Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. And then the all MIVA yep. finals, yep. and then Irvine, Irvine, and then Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So basically, six of your last twelve championships are, not the are Big West yeah. or right? The yeah. yeah. So so I'm like, I'm like, dude, Stanford's fourteen and twelve. They made the MPSF finals twice. That, what does that say about that division, mm-hmm. right? You, when USC finally won one, I don't know what the hell Jeff Nygaard's doing out there. He had like two winning seasons in like eight years you know um he's yeah. like yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like jason you got to carry the water yeah. on this one for us. <laughs> we ain't saying nothing uh, I, so, I, don't even, I don't even know what indoor volleyball is yeah. dude i don't follow it no but i don't care i i, I knew guy through and through well i watched lewis a few years ago mm-hmm. um when they um won the ncaa's they won the ncaa's in 2000 2002 yeah. And then yeah, 2003, yeah. Right. Hawaii won. Right. So what do we got here? I got a little freeze frame on this. That sucks. Why is it chopping? All right, that's better. Damn, that's my headshot from right, SUNY so Oswego 13, D3 women's volleyball right there. All right, that's so this is 1412. Yeah. And I remember this well. I think Jeff hit the net. Yeah. Yeah. And that... that that's the dig. Highline dig. Yes. That's the highline dig. That's the dig that should I never hit a highline dig. So That's crazy. So here's where I'm like, I got to call timeout. Mm-hmm. Let's just look Look at them. They're not, yeah. You're not even, they're not even ready. This was a grind of a match. This was yes, a long match. But they don't even look ready to mm-hmm. like get back on the court. Mm-hmm. And I think you got an ace here, right? Let's see. Oh, wow. It was an easy dig, too. Well, not easy, well, but. No, I mean, speed-wise, nice not, yeah. but, like, your positioning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the right spot. Yeah, it's such a, a good shot, too. But it's an ocean side set, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not creating his string in and out. He's going out and in. Mm-hmm. So you knew anything that goes this way wouldn't have power. Mm-hmm. So you sat for power. Um, he had a high enough block where the line over would was giving you enough time. Mm-hmm. You'll see it on this, on this next play. Everyone's watching it with us. Cool. I like it. Dude, we had a good crowd for this. Mm. We did. That's the thing. Yeah. The, the California volleyball, you really get a good uh, good crowd. Family. All, all ages, awesome. too, man. Mm-hmm. Two, so two cool. of my kids who play club for me call, um, we're ball, ball girls yeah. for this. See what I meant? Yeah. See what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm going to rewind that. Oh, go, go back five seconds. So watch this. He's going out and in. So yeah. you know yeah. he's got his, his only power shot is something you, that you had to sit on. Yep. And then you get a block here. Yep. And that was the first time they ran a backside. I was telling them to run a backside all game. And when he fi- when he finally runs, when it gets blocked, yeah, they look yeah. at me. I'm like, dude, I'm like, all right, yeah. sure. That's yeah. my fault. I'll, I'll, I'll take the L on that one. So now they call timeout. Five-four timeout. Yeah. yeah. That was and, a huge and, point. And that's a different situation because yeah. now the timeout, you guys have momentum. Yeah, that's it. At 13-14, either we have it or it's a coin toss. Mm-hmm. So let's go finish. Let's just finish what we're watching here. Yeah, we switched fives. Oh, you did? Yep. Let's see that. Yep. Wow. So right. Oh, that was on the trickle, yeah, trickle under me. Caught you on the way down, too. Yeah. Like, your pen, the end of your penetration was mm-hmm. kind of like this mm-hmm. and then that. Right the right <laughs> Let's go back. All I remember from this match is the uh, the match point is 
exactly where I wanted to kill GJ and then just hug and kiss him afterwards because he yeah. made up for it in the end. But it's uh, it's so good. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> it's yeah. all part of the plan. Dude, I was the busiest man in America. I was working the scoreboard remote control on this one, too. That is a sweet setup you got, too, yes. by the way. It's pretty sick. I saw that for the first time in person. Nice shot. There it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is the... Hold on, let me show this guy. This is the game of inches. Look at that man. <laughs> you gotta fight dude, for every dude. fucking inch. There's ice. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's ice in there, dude. Gamer, wow. there's ice. That man, how that could go another way. Oh, for here sure. we go. By an inch. If that. Just <gasps> it out. Just oh barely my God. too. Oh wow. Just barely. So wait, it wasn't eighteen sixteen. It was nineteen seventeen. No, it would have been 8-6 because we get this. Oh, it was 8-6. Okay. So one a piece off the switch then, right? 15-15? Yeah. yeah. Hell, it's a hell with it. Let's just keep, well, let's watch the rest. We're able to ourselves. Oh, that's a double. Wow. Thanks, John. Yeah. We got two really good refs in this game, by the way. John King and uh, Matt is the down ref here as well. Yeah. This was, they gave us the A crew, which was cool. You know, and I gotta tell you that not enough nice things are said about the AVP reps. They've been they've been fantastic. Can we uh, can we parking lot that? I want to talk about AVP. Yes, reps. yeah, we are. We will. Well, last time I had two people in studio, we literally called a ref. Oh, and I heard. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. we had him answer and some then we tough, call tough questions. Yeah, it was um John. It was Carson. Carson, East Coast mm. guy, New Hampshire guy. Yeah, here it is. Look Goes at the balance. One, picks it up. Oh, shit comes. EJ makes the high line dig. Get out! Come on! And then puts and his ball in. Oh! That was that's what I'm saying. That's where I wanted to kill him because it's such an easy ball. Yes. I mean, yeah, that was very cool. Dude, hold up. I want to see him go horizontal again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vaughn too, though. Yeah. The hustle dig, yes. right? 18, 16 or 17. That's Dude, so this is like side out the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, the, that rally yeah. at the end, and then the shot too yes. to put it away. Well, yeah. I, I shouldn't say side out because you ever see the movie Side Out? Oh, yeah, great sure. movie teaching you technique. You respect the sport, and what do they do at the end? Yeah, this three sixty. Yeah, yeah, the chunk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely chunk. I can't believe yeah. they went through all of that to get us yeah. to respect also, beach volleyball, and yeah. then you yeah. do the C. Thomas Howl. How do they take out the beach volleyball scene in the new Top Gun movie too? Yeah, brutal. Who yeah. who plays beach football? Um, nobody. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, that's not that's not a sport we're going to see. Bad for the growth of the, the sport. Yeah, that's right. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about let's these talk reps. officials. Let's talk officials. So. so I grew up as a hockey referee and a baseball umpire. Those are my first two jobs. I got my working papers when I was 12, and so I started getting yelled at by coaches when I was young, right? Our AVP officials take a lot of shit, you know, from players, from spectators, from commenters, from hecklers all over the place, right? I think the AVP, every every player that I know bitches about hands, they bitch about lifts, they're, they're, they're complaining about calls, whatever. But you don't know what it's like until you get up on the stand and go ref a game, right? People don't like refing or keeping score in general in qualifiers because they don't want to get yelled at by other guys, right? And so I think the AVP needs to bring more feeder officials into the system, start refing collegiate games, and like grow that grassroots level because we need younger officials to be able to understand the sport. We only got I, like three. That's it. Ice, <laughs> ice hockey did this. They took the best juniors players that didn't make it past a certain level, and they said, we're going to make you an official, and we'll pay you good money to do it because you know the game, you understand the speed of the game, and the spirit of the game, 
right? right? And those are like such really important, crucial things to making a good official. If you understand the game, you can ref it. And yep. and right now, I think we need uh, more referees, both in the AVP and also at the uh, collegiate level as well, yeah. that can call the game and understand it, especially if we want to grow boys volleyball like I... we're talking about. Thoughts? I mean, I think he's spot on. Uh, I think the... You're going to need some of that mic. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, like exactly like he was saying. I mean, one of the hardest things to get your head around is that uh, you don't know what it's like until you're you're in the seat, you're in someone's shoes, and then you understand. Um, no doubt. But I mean, at the same time, I think that these these people are doing the best that they can, mm-hmm. but they're not getting the support that they need, and so it's like. It's like they're they're the middleman in between two opposing forces, mm-hmm. right? The players that want the highest level of officiating possible, and the organizations that are hiring them that want them to be available, that want them to pay them a certain rate, right? All that stuff, and they're caught in the middle of these two opposing forces where it's like, okay, this player and these players want. Uh, me to be at the highest possible refing standard but i literally just got into volleyball or, or you know because right. the organization was short on people and they needed somebody last minute mm-hmm. because they don't have this deep pool of uh talented referees yeah. to pull from so it's like it's not their fault obviously it's not these individual people people's fault that the refing is the way it is however you you, you feel about it but yeah because you they're taking time out of their day and For lives sure. yeah. to travel to places to ref volleyball. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to expect them to give more than they are already mm-hmm. doing, right? Mm-hmm. Than uh, you know what they're already giving us, which mm-hmm. is all we want is consistency from refs with yeah. with all the calls and for them to try their hardest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're and, doing that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And anything after that is is fine. Everybody's going to make mistakes. There's yeah. going to be missed doubles. There's going to be lifts. Yeah that are missed and, and line shots when you have one referee on the stand and you expect him to call a game at the highest level, right? Yeah. It's just, it's not feasible. But at yeah. the same time, if the AVP doesn't have money to support those referees, then it's, you know, it's somewhat of a losing effort as well. So, you know, you really do see both sides here, but I'd really love to see more younger officials and specifically players that aren't chasing the dream to get into refereeing. Right. Cause, yeah. Because you can make money and, and watch like, volleyball. Like, what? Yeah. what's better You're than gonna, that? You're going to – look, there's going to be a play where two people go up and the net yeah. shakes, right? Yeah. And and the call you make, someone's not going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> happy about mm-hmm. that. But, but what's the unwritten rule on yeah. players? If you don't see it, don't say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. Do you that's, expect players to make honor calls at the highest level when we're competing for prize money that is low so true. or not even guaranteed as it is? Well, what, what's the standard? But that? that's when leagues come into play. Look, here, here's the thing. Yeah. Like CBVA, to their credit, it ri- literally wrote in, into their rules: you're not allowed to receive serve with your hands, because receiving serve with your hands has never been illegal. Mm-hmm. It's only been illegal to double it, mm-hmm. and it's only been illegal to carry it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they don't have referees mm-hmm. refereeing their games, most of the CBVA tournaments, you know, are pl- ref by the players. Mm-hmm. To their credit, wrote it into our rules, just don't do it at all. Ain't nothing to argue about. <laughs> Case closed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about Pottstown Rumble, right? Mm-hmm. That's a side-out game mm-hmm. to 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, right? It's If it hits the top of the tape, ball's dead, right? That's the yeah. rules. 
Um, Connecticut, a lot of the tournaments in Connecticut, they wrote into their rules, if the ball turns the whole time, one and a quarter times, it's a double. That's they judge it by rotation. Um, FIVB, a double's a double. Yeah. Um, and they call it the way I believe all refs should call it. Doubles how it comes in, not how it comes out. Here on the West Coast, you're, you're looking at how it comes out, and then you, then you hear a whistle blow, mm-hmm. where where it's really about how it comes in. Mm-hmm. So, on a universal level, I would like for everybody to get on board with the FIVB because, oh, especially yeah. for men, because. Yeah. Dude, we ain't got no say in the matter anymore. We don't mm-hmm. even have a team in the top ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't even have a team in the top fifteen right now, right? Mm-hmm. The women, they've already they've already learned how to do that in high school, like mm-hmm. you said, in the NCAA. There are more women hand setters than we have ever seen in any like I'm we're different generations in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. You, you and yours, you mm-hmm. will never see that many hand setters. I'll play devil's advocate. Please. I've seen some of the hand setting in the NCAA. Man, they oh, are 1001, lifting, 1002. Lifting. Yeah, like and even even today at the Norsecas too, there are I wish a lot I had of a ball. I was gonna dude, be there like, are a lot of sets that mm-hmm. people are grabbing and throwing the ball. Yeah. And like yep. it's cool when Justin Phipps does it down in Florida because he's an old yeah. head, right? And he can, you know, take it in and, yeah. and push it back out and throw it around. But some of these younger guys that are really grabbing the ball, I like especially how you with that. the new offense too. It's yeah. It's troublesome because I know that the uh, the old school volleyball guys are just rolling in their grave. All right, right? like I got, the guys, a, the ghost oh, I got a camera shot. Show me how. Oh, <laughs> See, look, look at the camera. <laughs> you want me to handset? Everybody wants me <laughs> no. to get called. For, I'm a big guy. Come on now. Like everybody wants me to get called Dude, for handsets. As soon as you put your hands up, the referee is inhaling. Yeah. <laughs> they they want it. They expect it too, right? But. I like how you mentioned Phipps, though, because just like basketball players get that foul call, Mm -hmm. the ticky tacks, and they're Mm -hmm. the free throw line. Just Phipps Phipps is a vet, man, and is to be respected. Justin Phipps, man, I hope. Fun fact. um, He's someone I'd love to have on the podcast. Dude, he's he's awesome. You totally should. Fucking love that. So, fun fact my first AVP qualifier was in 2018. Okay. I lost against Justin Phipps and Shane Welsh, who's now our strength coach, by the way, who's yeah. a phenomenal strength Shane is, coach. Yeah. He develops amazing programs for athletes in South Florida, mm-hmm. um, really doing some awesome stuff. Yeah. And uh, that was my first ever qualifier mm-hmm. with Steve Garner in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So Chicago's a special yeah. place for me. And then I waited a full, I think it was four years before I played my next one. It's true. I think yeah. your point was huge, though, about the consistency of the of the refing from right. – leagues to avp mm-hmm. to fivb to yeah. regional tournaments because that i mean i i can't say that i know all the effort that goes into that into that kind of change across the board yeah but to me that seems like a an easier fix and something that looks more appealing to the organizations than hey we gotta hire more or we gotta right. pull more what if we at least as a short-term fix, we just have the refs that we have, train them better, or put just a little more effort into training them, and then okay, we are shorthanded on refs, but they're good refs. They're great. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're consistently yeah. good because as as much as we as players want to be great, like the 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 winningest players are consistently great, right? Nice. Yep. They and are. So. Yeah as officials and players looking at officials it's great if like they make an amazing like they see the smallest touch right Right. they they, without a camera they pick up the smallest touch that's great but then if they miss an obvious double call or an obvious lift call then it's like 
okay, like what what are we doing here? Yeah, I think when a ref misses an obvious doubles call, they're just punching themselves awake. Yeah, I've, I've um I used to train refs um, yeah. in New York for the New York Lawyers League. Uh, um, and I would train train you know players who want to you know who are trying to make they're 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 you're, they're giving them like a hundred bucks a night just mm-hmm. to ref like three matches and mm-hmm. and Lawyers League they forfeit like a mother freaker so really you're you're playing you got a whole match where yeah. you're just practicing just your practice. serve yeah, and setting yeah, each other sure, so you yeah. got a whole match you're getting paid for yeah so what I would teach these guys is if you don't see it don't say it mm-hmm. and it is very 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 important mm-hmm. that if they do that the second thing is like you said ref as much as you can just mm-hmm. like we were talking about hands mm-hmm. the um and juniors or whatever you're mm-hmm. not going to get better at something by not doing yeah, it true. so like you yeah. said get it get a training like whatever and get as uh, a big a sample size mm-hmm. to build your portfolio and, mm-hmm. and and this and that like juniors we had tournaments out here where we they were called no hands tournaments meaning that we're not going to call your hands yeah and it was like right. 12s to 14s or 12s yeah. or 15s or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah. um we sponsored them as beach volleyball national events that's mm-hmm. that's that's that was um endless summer that was the uh partnership gotcha. so and that was that was great mm-hmm. and I, and like you said i'd like to get a little rid of a, a the uh, it's a little bit of that pizza pizza hut deep dish yeah or that fbi catch and release yeah you know i'd like to get rid of a little bit i understand for juniors because you're trying to teach them the the teaching tool of how it's supposed to come into your hands Mm -hmm. but then at some point there has to be a continue not a discontinuation there has to be this fluidity Mm -hmm. that that comes with the prettiness of actual hands so what do you think about and i'll ask both you guys this in support of a fun and exciting volleyball game jump setting jump back jump quicks right jump push to the pin Do you allow a little bit more flexibility with the hands in order to promote a better, more exciting product, right? Everybody wants to watch the Swedish right. guys play. What, yeah, but what well, mean? the good thing about the Swedish guys are they, they train day and night to make sure their hands are clean. Yeah, sure. People make they, they have this comparison like quick release means some spin. Watch some of their games. Oh, yeah. You don't see it a lot of the they're no. they're doing this and you don't you don't see any <laughs> nope. spin yeah, on those yeah. sets. So it's weird because there's this unofficial agreement with the referees that if it's if your your release is fast, they'll forgive some mm-hmm. spin. Sure. Side spin, they got to do what they got to do, right? Mm-hmm. Side spin, suggesting one hand out the other, yeah. they might call a double. Yeah. But you see some forward and this and that, and if it's and if it's released, boom, whatever. And I actually like that rule. If you're a deep disher and you like this old school rule, then you then you have the refs call. They, the refs are kind of calling you by your own principle, sure. right? And it's yeah. like his spawn, and I'm like, but you caught yours. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. great video, Sinjin Smith. Um, I had a four minute interview that's on youtube and mm. and didn't think it'd do that well had like a hundred and fifty thousand views that, yeah. i think everybody mm-hmm. wanted, yeah. wanted to see what what he had to say because his partner randy was one of the best setters mm-hmm. you know i don't know how far back you guys go to 90s nostalgia or 80s or whatever but <laughs> those matches are so those, fun i've been down the uh youtube rabbit hole oh, yeah. once or twice you have yeah. yeah once you see that feel yeah. of fit and you're like yeah. how much did you get paid to wear that yeah. the ah! feel of sponsorship like damn that yeah. was some colorful attire yeah all right, so actually, let's let's explore there. Okay. What's one of your favorite players you watched um, that you either you either emulated or you enjoyed watching growing up? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, buddy. Oh. Let's go, Carlito. Uh, definitely uh, Todd Rogers, and then close second, Karch mm-hmm. Karai. Yeah. Because I mean. You know, Karch Karai had the all-around game. Like, just everything he did. This guy's basically God. I know, yeah. <laughs> every, <laughs> everything he did was just yeah. amazing. But right. then, 
the the time that I was coming up with just so happened to be the same time that uh, Todd was right. starting to dominate with Phil. And so, and another point, um, beach volleyball footage uh, started to become more available on YouTube. Yep. Uh, just consistently posting and, and people creating channels to host it, uh, host the videos. So I started to see a lot more beach volleyball, just period. Um, but that was that same time that, like I said, Todd and Phil were, were uh, just dominant. Yeah. And so that was a great team, yeah, right? People yeah. talk about Phil being one of the more dominant no, players, yeah. but yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been on the podium since yeah. Todd. I mean, that that yeah. that's a guy who had to side out, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, that was before Phil started optioning, right? So exactly. really, that was yeah. that was more Todd than Phil. I mean, yeah. well, no, I won't say that because Phil would be down six zero, mm -hmm. and if he didn't get an ace, he got a block. And I'm like, yeah. you blink sixty seconds, yeah, it's six six. Yeah, the guy was just down six zero. Yeah. That was literally in the Olympics. Yeah. He was down six zero, and then ace ace. Oh, I'm just gonna okay. You're passing. I'm blocking you. Yeah. Got an ace. Oh, you you're not gonna get ace you're that freak. one. I'm blocking you. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. The appeal, the appeal for me was always, for Todd, uh, was always that his nickname, the professor, like, as someone who's not the tallest, the fastest, the strongest, right? I know, I know my strengths. I know what I'm good at. I'm not downplaying my abilities, but I'm also not like a lot of the other guys that are on tour or competing at this level. And so once I knew that this guy won a lot of his games and his style of play was because of how intelligent he was yeah. and how he analyzed the game and how he he constructed the game mm -hmm. i knew that in order to be successful at a high level that was something that i was going to have to emulate and in my own way but yeah. the 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 aspect of not just playing the game but playing the game within the game was something that uh, I learned from him, uh, watching him. So that can you that's can you appreciate how he let the game come to him? Mm -hmm. Can you appreciate how watching this man play a match yeah. did not require a lot of moves, a lot of yeah. diving, yeah. didn't require yeah. this dynamic, um, beat the world, yeah. um, physical performance. Yeah. Yeah. He allowed. Simple. Well, basically, he what he would say is he cut a foot off each. Mm -hmm. He'd shave mm -hmm. a foot off each side of yeah. the court, and if you're yeah. perfect, you beat yeah. him. And if yeah. you're anything less than perfect, you're gonna yeah. lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John Mayer has also similarly mm -hmm. taken that approach. Like John will move if you need to, but he, mm -hmm. the guy looks like he walks like a sand crab. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, all the crabs look walk like sand crabs too, and it's crazy because when they need to move, yeah. it's like boom, they're gone. You yeah. know. How about you? I got into volleyball later in life. Um, so I started playing indoor when I was like 15, 16. I grew up playing ice hockey. And then I started playing beach when I was probably 21, 22. Okay. And I'm 28 right now. So I, I'm like really, really late on it. And so really my volleyball idol growing up was Phil, right? Because that's the, the goat in my opinion. Um, and just watching him dominate at that level and being able to do it um, so consistently um, was, was just incredible. But 
watching back some now into like the nineties film, right? Like Ken Steffes and watching his yeah. compete level on the court. And, and wow. Even, one of the, it, one of the biggest competitors. Yeah. Dude, the, so, so yeah. fun to watch. And another, uh, talking about YouTube rabbit hole and Karch, him pulling down the net in Rhode Island is still one of my oh, favorite videos. My that shit is God. so, what Karch, yeah. Karch yeah. hulked up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find oh, it. Are you kidding? I could find Todd yeah. losing his mind. Yeah. Cause yeah. that pops oh, up. It's on YouTube. YouTube. All the time. When Todd goes, oh yeah. my God. When he yells at, that, and the ref and Stodd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Why did I let this Dude, chick ref? ref? She sucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. So, so freaking funny. Yeah. So I think uh, definitely Phil was was the guy for me as a big skinny guy <laughs> who got into volleyball late in life. I mean, that's pretty much the story of Phil, right? Like yeah. somebody dragged him out to, to play and, and he was like, yeah, this, this looks fun. There's also something really cool about Phil where um, he – didn't need to be this big personality. His mm-hmm. he's very much like Karch. His game he he allowed his game to do the talking. Right? Yeah. People think he's not this intriguing character, and he's like this kind of this boring dude. And that might be true or false. We don't know. We don't care. Mm-hmm. You know. Except people who had him on the podcast. You're like, all right, he is kind of interesting. Yeah. You know. So so that's a that's a pretty good that's an interesting choice because. Maybe that says something about you. You you like players that let their that let their play do to talk. No, I like players that win. Yeah, that's it. But like, since when is winning not enough? Right. <laughs> for me, it's find a way to make the ball hit the sand. All and right, get I got more points. Than I the found other team. I found one that I'm so I got to do it. Let's go. We got to do it. it. It's Todd losing his mind. Oh, oh this yeah. is so good. Polish yes, we got to do it. We got. <laughs> we 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 brought it up yeah. right. So yeah. it would be. You got pod- sound on this? Yes. Oh, I watched this so many times. That like visual cell thing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta wait till it gets to the camera. Yeah, yeah. It don't mean nothing to it. Yeah. We, we see the best part. It's right here. I just heard that in the latest Sandcast podcast, dude. They're Uh, like, always know where the camera is. And Todd knew where the freaking camera was. But I can't find Karch. I'm trying to find Karch. Oh, it's on there. Karch Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it was because the ref called a touch on the block. They called four hits. Mm -hmm. And then the next play, he Mm -hmm. lost. That was the match point in the match. And that dude, I'm like, why the hell is everybody yelling at Serena? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, losing her mind on a ref when they let Karch. I mean, the, the. because the net was attached to the referees then. The ref yeah, had to jump, jump off. The ref, yeah. He had to jump the yeah. jump He the bailed. Yeah. Yep. He so bailed. the player I grew up emulating was Steve Timmons, indoor guy. He had mm. spiky hair. Yeah. And this kinky bush, it was, you know, I, <laughs> as much as I tried, it wasn't going to happen. But there's something about Karch where um, he was a goofy foot, then an interchangeable, mm-hmm. and then the traditional approach. Um, always trying to find, find trying to find ways to make better versions of himself. Mm-hmm. 88 Olympics, Bob Stavrikli got best passer because no one served Karch because Karch mm-hmm. was better. Uh, I mean, I mean, what are you going to do, right? And yeah. then I got to see him in Madison Square Garden. AVP had a one that. match, two yeah, out of three. Right. Madison uh, Square Garden, AJ yeah. and um, Loyola against Karch and Steffitz. Wow. Like, that's on YouTube. Probably also. like twelve thousand yeah, people yeah. was sold out. Yeah. It was like twelve thousand people in there, and that was talk about the boom period for volleyball, yeah, yeah. like the glory, glory days. Or yeah. you see old school on Facebook, right? Yeah. That back in the yeah, day yeah, stuff. Yeah, That's yeah. what they're talking about, man. Yeah. So, so Karch. But as far as like competitive nature, I really like Dane Blanton. 
You know, mm-hmm. Dane came on the podcast and he, he shared this story where they played Portugal in the semifinals mm-hmm. and side out to 15. Mm-hmm. So it takes 45, 50 minutes to get to 10, 10. Wow. 45 minutes to get to 10, 10 up. 10. So Fanoi hits a ball wide mm-hmm. and then they call timeout. They take too long to get back. The referee, instead of giving them a yellow, skips the yellow, to yellow, goes to red. So Whoa. now it's not just 11-10. It's now 12-10. Yeah. After all that work you put in. Yeah. And, you know, they flip out a little bit like, you're kidding, you know, and this yeah. and that. But so Dane goes back to the service line. Mm-hmm. He goes ace, position one. Boom. Wrist away, ace, position four or five mm-hmm. or whatever, indoor, indoor, what have you. Mm-hmm. Line jumps us in. Um, pass, Fanoi gets a block. So now they're up 13-12. The next play, poke dig on the jumbo, transition kill, Dane. Last play, ace down the middle. Hmm. So in a, in a crazy way, the call, which really should have screwed them momentum-wise, which should have been had the U.S. say, oh, we got screwed or this or that. Hmm. And, and the, the moral of the story is, and the reason why I'm a big fan of his, the moral of the story is if he lost because of that, we, we, would have, we, we got it, right? Hmm. We, we understand. Hmm. You got screwed. Hmm. Or you could go the other way. Yeah, and he went the other way. That yeah. that's that's the savage, and that's not a guy who's like a long time AVP player. Mm-hmm. That's just a guy who won an Olympic gold medal, he won the AVP crown, and he won the NCAA championship as a player and a coach. Mm-hmm. No other player holds that distinction. He's the that's only male cool. player that holds it. Not even Karch holds that distinction. So, so I'm a big fan of his. He's he's not talked about a lot because mm-hmm. I, I guess like he, you know he's he's not yeah he's he's maybe not that guy right yeah but um so. Um, I want to do two more things, and I glad you guys glad you guys wore thin hoodies today, man. Because I I don't know if you were warned about this podcast. It it could it could start boiling in yeah, here. Yeah, it's steamy. So um, yeah, that's how I stay skinny, guys. <laughs> this, this, this is my freaking sauna. This, yeah, dude, if you fight in the UFC, you're trying to cut weight. Just 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 come have a <laughs> podcast have a with me, right? Yeah. Ortega, Brian, come through, man. You live in Redondo. <laughs> Fabrizio Verdum, come through. Um, so let's play a little game. Okay. I want you to tell me one thing you th- thought he showed it's significant improvement the last 12 months. And then you're going to say, you're going to tell him one thing you want to do better mm, and I then like vice versa. So cool. start with you. What's one thing you thought Tyler's showed significant improvement on and off or off the court. So you, you know, you're, you're a creative mind. So I don't want, yeah. definitely wouldn't want you to limit your imagination. So yeah. the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Oh, hell no. That's a great question. Give me one thing, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got mine. <laughs> I, I would say his approach to the mental game. Because I think for something that I've not only come to learn but come to understand uh, about Tyler is that like his background to the sport is very different from my own and very different from what I'm used to in opponents and teammates, whatever. He's someone who came into the sport late in life and didn't have as uh, competitive of a background to where he understood what it takes and what is necessary from a mental standpoint to play a sport at a high level, right? Because you, 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 when you see someone, you only see the skills, right? Unless you're really looking, really understanding what to look for, that you understand, okay, 
the reason that he executed on this was because of that this mental thing. But um, something that uh, we actually had to have a conversation about. This was like uh, kind of one of those conversations like, hey, things aren't working. What's going on? And it, it was a long car ride that uh, all we had to do was just talk. Uh, and this kind of came up. And and I think he he really was very receptive uh, to what kind of I had to say. And uh, since then, I've seen him make real progress. And I've seen him put a lot of effort into it. Um, which is really good to see because as, as someone in a partnership, like you can only do so much in terms of like having your partner be doing the same amount of training, be doing the same amount of lifting, be doing the same amount of outside work. You can, you can only go with them so far. So like to know that he understands what is required now and he's doing his best to find how he can meet those requirements in his own way. Um, that I think that's something that I've really enjoyed. Oh, pretty cool. So one thing in one area where you'd like to show some improvement in, mm -hmm. uh, I think it is the mental and physical side of volleyball, like taking it as a job, right? It's volleyball is very fun. That's, that's how we all ended up in this situation, right? Mm -hmm. You found a love for it and you, and you kind of kept playing, but, to reach a higher level of volleyball it takes not only the dedication in the gym, but also the, the mental side as well. So I think kind of the mental side is something that I'm working on, um, to where like working on breathing techniques during the game, right? When you're getting fatigued, how do you manage through tough situations? When you get a bad call from a ref, how do you manage those situations? Do you get mad at the ref? Do you get mad at your partner? Do you get mad at the other team? You know, like wow. understanding your own mental headspace and, digging more into that of why did I feel that way at that, at that point? Why did I get angry? Why did I start talking shit about the other team? Right. Or, or why did I start chirping through the net? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I love talking shit when I play volleyball. I mean, yeah, it's, just, why not? Yeah. it's something that I think is that's part sports. of the game yeah. and, and it's like the competitive general. side in, in yeah. sports in general. Yeah. Right. So I think that that mental side, both on the, um, on the court and off the court and, and approaching it like it's almost like a full-time job. So, you know, we, we train twice a week, we go to the gym three times a week, you know, you go to yoga, you practice your breathing techniques, all that like mumbo jumbo, right? Like it, it makes a difference in your performance if you want to approach it as a competitive athlete yeah. who takes it seriously like a job. Cause yeah. otherwise it's just a hobby. And yeah. Let's be real. So, like for the people that don't understand how the sport works, we're trying to treat beach volleyball as a full-time job while also for the majority of people trying to maintain a full-time job and so when you look at other sports where they came up through this pipeline and the entire time all they've had to do is worry about their sport then yes it's still difficult to hold a full-time job not denying that right but when that's all you've had to do it's very different from understanding that you have to take care of this full-time job and also do all these things that are the requirements of your other full-time job that is the sport of beach volleyball. That's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that as a partnership and as like kind of up-and-coming players, uh, we've had to figure out as we go because 
that's the only way to do it. Yeah, it requires discipline. Yeah, it does. So for you, what's one thing you saw uh, where he showed significant improvement the last 12 months? So Gijay's always been a natural volleyball player. He's understand the tendencies of the game. He understands what to do in certain situations. His dad's a coach, right? He's imparted um, his wisdom not only on the people that he coaches with private lessons and coaching at B-Volley and, and all the coaching he does, um, but the biggest improvement for him has been his work off the court, so his work in the weight room. I mean, this guy, he – he works harder than anybody else that I know in the sport right now and is really getting after it with the help of our strength coach, Shane Welsh, um, who's, who's really been phenomenal and, mm. and developed a really great program. So, yeah. I mean, he, he was coaching, working a full-time job, practicing, and then also hitting the gym like crazy, you know? So nice. I think his improvement, like you can tell, <laughs> I mean, he, he doesn't wear a shirt when he plays. You can tell this, this guy means business when he's on the court right now. And we're built for long grueling matches to where we will grind out teams and mm-hmm. have more grit and win more points. And that's kind of something that, um, we take as like a, a point of pride between mm-hmm. ourselves. Like we will run down any ball. He, he lays out like, you know, full sprawl. Yeah. Right. And so I think the work that he's done in the gym and then also on the mental side, you know, cause he's always had the, the physical ability to, right. to play the game at a high level, but now it's just continuing to up our level as a team. I think that's kind of been the, the mm-hmm. biggest, you know, most obvious improvement, just, just looking at him and his stature. Nice. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing where you want to show improvement. I think the biggest thing that, that kind of sticks out for me is, is consistency from the standpoint of, how I approach anything that I'm doing on the court. Do I want to have, or sorry, not on the court, anything that I'm doing with the sport. Do I want to have a great day lifting? And then where I, where I finish the entire program, I really take my time, super detail oriented uh, in all the lifts, in the tempos and the breathing, all that stuff, right? Super detail oriented. And then because of that, go to bed late, wake up late, trying to get the proper amount of sleep. And then the That's next, so important. yeah, the next day that I, that I'm trying to lift, I now all of a sudden find myself with a shorter amount of time and I don't get the same kind of lift I did the day before. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm, I'm feeling a sense of guilt from not being as efficient or productive or or just just about the feeling of the lift overall right and this is just one thing it can apply to multiple things versus i could also have the standpoint of okay i have this amount of time let me get as as much of the workout done as possible as well as i can while still honoring the fact that if i get this done in time then tomorrow i'll have the same exact amount of time to do it and I'll be able to do the majority of the lift one. to the best of my ability wow. consistently, right? And like I said, this is one thing you could extrapolate and be like, okay, uh, playing wise, I had a great day. Tomorrow, uh, I didn't recover. Not, not didn't, so not, much. Not, not, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> right? And, and, oh, and even from point to point, I just made a great play. Mm-hmm. And then I got caught out of a position because I was cheating, right? Yeah. And versus, okay, maybe... Maybe I, not not necessarily. Maybe I don't make that play, but like, my goal isn't to make the insane play. It's to wear the team down by being consistently good in the small nice. things. I like that. 
before we go to the lightning rounds, I want to say something nice about the both of you guys based on a small sample size. Thing I like about you is um, when you're going out for some of these balls, you're not just trying to touch them. You're tr- you're like, how can I touch them and remain in system? So you went probably from someone who knows they can they can pursue balls. Now you can touch it and like, yeah. all right, good for me. I can touch it. Yeah. But what you know, am I giving up free balls or down balls? Can yeah. my can my partner set it? Yeah. So that clearly comes from you just reps and reps and reps and understanding yourself and understanding your partner. So that's a small sample size I got from you. Um, had a little constructive criticism about um, how you were sure. reading yeah. uh, Bill Kalinske yeah. or whatever, and that's you knew right away. We had, remember we had this little agreement mm-hmm. where we knew he was like a high line mm-hmm. uh, and, and like his power cut or whatever was like mm-hmm. top of the tape yeah. and line was this way. Yeah. Um, you could say the same thing about Jeremy K. Spear. Mm-hmm. Hits, a, hits a little harder than him, but 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 as far as like, no, but as far as like reach and and, and Oh, and, sure. and wherewithal, it's for almost sure. the same thing. Because yeah. this is how Jeff and Chris, we, we played them. I mean, it was 24-22. I mean, that's the best I could do, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the team, no one thought we were going to beat anyway. Mm-hmm. You um, are definitely a partner where someone doesn't have to deal with their partner. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if then when someone has to deal with you, it definitely comes. And if, it, if someone has to deal with you, it probably comes from this satirical place, this this joke where, where you you two definitely get the joke. And if anyone else gets it, they get it. And if they don't, they don't. That's really, really cool about you. Hands and everything else that, that you, you want to do to perfect yourself as a volleyball player, you're in the, the right place, the right time with the right people. Um, I will only say this, something you already know, but something our audience doesn't know. So we have to say things that educate them. You're not going to be better. You're not going to get better at something by by not doing it. Mm-hmm. So find your technique, find your niche, find whatever, and, and hammer it to hell where you ain't got to think about it. It's just, it's like brushing your teeth, right? You don't get mm-hmm. up and brush. You don't get up and think about brushing your teeth. You just brush, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm going to talk to y'all guys like juniors, but but putting it on the most simplistic thing, that's the read I got mm-hmm. based on the sample size of watching, you you know, mm-hmm. coaching yeah. against you guys and also watching you guys play yeah. and sitting here with me today. Mm-hmm. So lightning rounds, guys, 60 seconds. <clears throat> Ah, let's got to get my clock back. Right with my top down. All right. All right. So these, my friends, are the lightning rounds. Um, answer as quick as you can. One after the other. And we got one at a time? One minute, baby. One minute's all you get, like Street Fighter. All right. All right. And go. So, favorite comedian. Go. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Tom Segura. Last good book you read. Uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Mm, I read Meditations. That was good. That's a good one. Marvel or DC? Uh, Don't care. Marvel. Yeah, I like that. Pool or beach? Um, Beach. (laughs) Nice. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings. Bourbon, vodka, or tequila? None. Scotch. (laughs) Scotch. Favorite sport outside of volleyball as a spectator or an athlete? Ice hockey or pickleball? Soccer. Nice. Favorite action film star growing up? Uh, Sylvester Stallone, specifically as Rocky. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll pass. Nah. <laughs> Favorite morning sports talk show? I mean, who has, who has between you guys, yeah. who even has time w- for that? WGR 550. Cool. Buffalo Ice cream or cupcakes? Ice, Ice cream. cream. Perfect. I like that. Like synchronous swimmers. You know, it's funny. Yeah, we always talk about this. How anytime we say something at the exact same time, we always look at each other and we're like, 
mind meld. Dude, like yeah. that's how that's we it. know that that's huge. That's partnership. That's Sarah and Kelly. Yeah, honestly, like the time they viewed them on, then they're just like same time. You know, the McCulloughs, Allison McCulloch and Kevin McCulloch. That might be before your time. Um, guy introduced me to so many people when I moved here. So let's plug in a website or IG handle. Some people want to get to know uh, a little bit more what you what you guys been up to. Absolutely. Let everybody know. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Tyler Penberthy, uh, P-E-N-B-E-R-T-H-Y, Penberthy. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a beach specific one, uh, TP Beach VB. Um, and then our sponsor is Lost Traveler for this season. Um, find us, hit us up for custom sublimated gear. It'll, it'll be the best gear you own, cheaper than skunks, you know, buy it. Um, what was the question again? Uh, your IG handle. Oh. Or website or whatever. Uh, yeah, you can find me at carlos g dot jimenez uh just the one account but uh just celebrated uh 1000 followers so yes wow. we, we have a youtube channel uh tyler penberthy uh beach volleyball that we're trying to live stream perfect our, uh, <laughs> <It's cherished squeaking. laughs> oh, that's really, i, like, I didn't what? even know yeah no sorry go ahead um, that just started doing it on its yeah. own <laughs> and so we need uh i think it's like 50 or 100 subs to be able to live stream on youtube and that's kind of our goal <laughs> as we keep growing as a team and partnership and playing yeah. more and more tournaments nice. we want to be able to live stream our game so yeah. please sub on youtube <laughs> yeah. follow our sponsor lost traveler yes. shane welsh the get whole you a thousand followers so yeah. that allows you to do yeah. more things yeah yeah. Awesome, man. Dude, dude, you were heavier than him and didn't even squeeze. <laughs> All right, guys. So these guys might love you, but I don't love any of you. In fact, I can't stand any of you. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your iPhones, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, baby. Old school. <laughs> for my man, Carlos Jimenez. For my dude, Tyler Penberthy, I'm Jason DeBellis. This is the Option Podcast, episode 177, we hope. Still don't know. Um, Stay with me. I'm going to roll my music, and we are out of here. Come check out the Option Podcast on optionbb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.